informed and was impervious to the wind they were facing, and only at risk from a really heavy Levanta. Levanta, Mistral, Sirocco, Tramontan. These had, only months before, been words of mystery to John Pierce. North, south, east and west winds that, and he struggled from time to time to remember which was which, had come to dominate his thinking. When he was not concerned with the possibility of taking the vessel, a command he had inherited along with their recent capture, into battle. Above his head there was a man lashed to the mainmast cap, swaying through an arc of some thirty feet, eyes peeled on the disturbed horizon for any sign of an enemy vessel. Safety lay ahead, with the British fleet laying in the roadstead off Toulon. Lord Hood, the CNC, had taken over the town and harbour, as well as the French fleet, with the active connivance of the majority of the citizenry and leading elements of the French navy. But that did not mean here, in the offing, some unknown enemy might not lurk, a frigate perhaps keeping watch, for there were known to be several enemy warships that had been at sea when Toulon surrendered. Seeing two vessels of a much lighter draught, one of them with the British ensign flying above a tricolor, evidence of a taken prize, they could perhaps risk an opportunity to make an easy capture. "'All hands to wear ship!' shouted Neem, his trumpet aimed at the sodden companionway that led below. It was an unenthusiastic crew that tumbled up onto the deck, but they went to their stations without orders as Neem yelled once more in his commanding officer's ear, I feel uneasing, sir. Pierce was startled and surprised, but he nodded in what he considered the required fashion. If Neem had detected something he had signally failed to interpret, he was not about to argue with him. Yet was he right? Was the screaming note as the wind whistled through the rigging just a little less oppressive? His mind had wandered, his concentration slipped, and Pierce silently cursed himself for it. He had been thinking of what lay ahead, of the revenge he would take on Ralph Barclay, a man he considered a bitter enemy, rather than what was happening here and now. A lack of concentration was something which no end of people had told him could be fatal, the sea being an unforgiving element for a mind not focused. "'Lord Hood wishes HMS Brilliant to be kept in the inner harbour, Captain Barclay. "'That is all I can tell you.' Vice-Admiral Sir William Hotham helped himself to a slice of melon from the plate before him, a handkerchief at the ready to catch the juice which escaped from the corner of his mouth. The whole act of eating such a ripe piece of fruit made more risky, by the way, HMS Britannia, despite her twin anchors and the protection of the mountains which cut off the worst of the wind— was pitching and rolling on a heavy sea. Ralph Barclay, in hearing what had just been said, was incensed, but it would never do to show any dissent to a man on whom he depended for so much. "'I am obliged to ask, sir, what purpose can a frigate serve in such a situation?' "'We cannot—' Hotham paused and wiped his lips— we cannot get one of our own capital ships into the inner harbour. It would smack to our recently acquired allies of distrust. Well-placed distrust, sir, if I may say. 
Ottom nodded and forked another piece of melon, which he held away from him as he answered. I agree. The French are our allies only in so long as it suits their purpose. A swing in the wind of their damned revolution and we'll be fighting them again. It would have been best, sir, to have seized every one of their ships, never mind that they raised the royal standard. It had been a shrewd ploy by Baron d'Ambert, the most active senior officer of the French fleet, once negotiations to take over the port had been concluded to raise the royal standard, the Bourbon fleur-de-lis, thus claiming to be fighting the revolution, supporting the true, if displaced, government of France. Autumn frowned and waved his fruit on the end of his fork. I fear Lord Hood's promise to hold him in trust for a Bourbon restoration places us in restraint. We cannot seize vessels that we acknowledge are the property of others. Perhaps, Ralph.